purpose for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 till death, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the timidity, the audacity to talk to a governor whose state produced, produced the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalists are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Solomon Lada left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fada and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jones. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Today is 26th April 2023. It's a wet evening here in the beautiful city of Jones. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's your day? How's the going, sir? I had a nice time um, and I think it's even getting better. Ponsak, good evening. Weather of the monks, like yeah. it's called. Yeah, it's word of the month, you know. Uh, April is a special month. It's my birth month. And, I, you know, I, I do have this feeling that most people that I connect, you know, on a personal level with, uh, even if I don't know their birth month, it somehow turns out, out to be that uh, is April is their birth, uh, birth month. Just like the Masanit Nkwada, you know, uh, uh, my senior colleague in this business, uh, today is his birthday. I think he celebrated it today or yesterday. I don't know, but I know that uh, it's his birthday. So in happy, between. yeah, happy birthday to you, uh, Nkwada, Dan Masani, Dan Kwada. Uh, someone that, uh, well, a lot of people know him. I just, you know, anytime I think about, it, I just want for him to revive his uh, uh, musical skill. He has a very excellent musical. Uh, skill and issue. you can hear that from his voice when filing reports and all. And I think um, he has to, he has to, he shouldn't die down, you know. It's, and it's something just, he can jostle in between. Yeah, it's just how he drags. Thank you. You've got to like the name. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's an art, yeah, and he understands yeah. it. Yeah, of course. True. So happy birthday to you, my uh, big brother, my uh, senior colleague. I pray that God bless you immensely and protect and provide for you. Uh, anytime you you are in need. Well, uh, Gilbert, uh, let me start this uh, show this way. I like to I admire the selflessness, I dare say, of uh, Honorable Kefas Rapshik, also known as Kefiano. Uh, Kefiano, during the campaigns, he dragged a young man to court for vandalizing his billboard. But guess what? The young man said that those who sent him, I mean, he made a confessional statement. He said, those who sent him to carry out that uh, crime, they abound on him. And the young man uh, said that it, it was some people from the All Progressives Congress. And uh, Kefiano was really pissed off. He had to take that boy to court. But in a turn of events, 
that boy has secured his freedom. It was same Kefiano uh, that went to court to say, please, I want that boy to be released uh, together with uh, about 25, is it? Of 14 people? others. 14 others. He secured the release of the inmate uh, in his usual... I mean, this is, this is Kefiano. He believes in giving to people. He believes in uh, giving himself, number one, giving his resources. And the catch is that he is helping he said that he's going to help them with what they need to stand on their own. To stand on their own. So for me, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really great. Okay, he has secured a release of 23. Oh, they're up to 23. Yeah, really. after paying various uh, fines. At this time, he secured a release of 14 inmates from the Just Division of the Nigeria Correctional Service, including a nursing mother identified as patient Pam, who regained her freedom uh, after payment of... 1.4 million by Kefiano, as well as the young man Gabriel Otupo, who was sentenced to two years imprisonment for destruction of the billboard of Al Haji Atiku Abubakar mounted at uh, Jarmangada area of Jasbuku Metropolis before the February 23rd presidential election uh, in the country. So, this is very laudable. I mean, that nursing murder, 1.4 million, is just like there is a, you know, and I apologize for bringing the Bible here, but Psalm 21 is, is a psalm that for me, um, I always reflect and I think about. That psalm said, I look up to the heavens. Where will my help come from? My help comes from, you know, God. So that, that woman, you know, I, I'm very sure that she looked up to the heavens and she cried for help, you know, together with her baby, a little baby. And uh, Chief Ropshik, also known as Kefiano, came through with genuine help. I mean, not seeking anything in return. He gave his resources. You know, there's there's uh, something that uh, the Catholics always teach their knights. They will tell them, use your three T's, treasure, talent, and time. time. You know, and I, for me, it's, that is a very profound, you know, way of doing things and looking at reality, for example, because each and every human being has those three T's: time, treasure, and talent. You know, and I sincerely would like to encourage other people. You know, just like uh, when I was in prison, you know what the Bible's, and I believe that is in the Quran is, you know, even in the Torah, you know, as it is. So that is a good move. Uh, I'll say kudos, and may God open more doors for Chibrapshik. Kefiano to continue this laudable and good thing that he's doing. I like that you rounded up by referencing the Quran and the authentic hadiths that have spoken to this effect. And yeah. that's virtue. Mm. That's virtue. But first off, statements made by Kefiano, statements made, absolutely. And it tells that if you come at the system, you can actually get punished. And that is the, the biggest lesson to learn from the prosecution and sentencing of the gentleman there who has now regained his freedom. Mm. Kotsi still Kefiano. Yeah. Now, to the kid or to the young man in Ikukumu, to the young man in just somewhere in Tudumwada or Abatoa, wherever you may be, Gadabio or wherever you're settling, it tells that there are certain things you shouldn't even do. Yeah. What, for example, have the people who sent him to carry out that act done to him in terms of attempting to secure his freedom. And he said that he was neglected by them. Now, thank you. So, it means that, again, there is an extent to which justice can be tampered with mercy. 
But not everybody gets a chance at clemency. So just be very careful as a young man growing up. You have a future to protect. Think about the things you undertake. Very important. Don't allow yourself to be used as a pawn in the hands of politicians. Because obviously we have seen that those who sent him on an errand abandoned him. In the when long he run. needed them Th- the thank most. Thank you so yeah. much. So, and besides, how much was he going to take home from executing that act of vandalism? That's just that's something to think about. And how much time has he lost, regardless of you know um, the short period within which he spent in in, in prison or in custody, as it were? But how much center. how much has he lost, yeah. and how productive could he have been? During that period, I don't know if you get my point. Absolutely. Yet. So it's 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 just the nature. And for Kefiano, I think his tentacles have spread as far as other regions of the Middle Belt. I do know, for example, I've spoken with him and I've seen certain things as a person in Taraba. His his, his presence is felt. His philanthropic presence, to say, is felt in Benue. The IDP comes there. You can't tell how much has reached them or reached out to them. So this is someone that genuinely cares. And he's not doing certain things for show, you know, because what would, for example, a prisoner who has been released... Offered to you back? Thank you, in return. So these are the issues and these are certain things that politicians must do well to look at. It's really not easy to do what he's done, but he's done it in the end, and it's not even the first time. Completely agree with you, Gilbert. Well, uh, on to other stories. What stories have you been following, Gilbert? The president, the president-elect, um, held a meeting at, d- at the defense headquarters, and I think that was the biggest, um, you know, thought I've been chewing in the past couple of hours. Really interesting. He was there at the instance of the Senate president, the deputy senators of the president, Obio Maigega, and then, of course, the APC national chairman. What what really caught my attention was how constitutional that is. But at the same time, it tells me that there's someone who, who is really concerned about defense and security. So those are my two major concerns, you know, um, coming from the actions you undertook, talking about Bola, Ahmed Tinubu there. So it tells that he wants to have a first-hand information and perhaps share notes, if I may say, with, you know, the top hierarchy of security personnel and those of them who might eventually be living um, I don't know how well their tenure at the defense headquarters would last if eventually he gets into office. But it tells that, yeah, there's an intent, you know, to be able to, to get a first-hand information from these guys there on what exactly is happening to the security situation. So, yeah, you talked about security. Let, let's come back to Plateau. Mm-hmm. Uh, six persons were killed, actually artisan miners mm-hmm. in just south, in Turu community of just south local government area, where government attacked them on Tuesday night leading to their... Uh, death. Very, very uh, unfortunate. It was learned that following the death of the miners, youth from various communities in the area blocked the Josabuja Highway in protest, leaving commuters stranded on the road. The attack on the miners come less than two days after gunmen killed no fewer than seven persons in separate attacks that occurred in Wareng and Hepang communities of Rio Mambarki and Ladi local government areas respectively. Well, uh, Honorable Dachu Musa Bagos, uh, member representing Josound Just East, confirmed the latest killing in a statement today uh, through his media aide Danja Dafuam Yakubu. He called on the government to come to the aid of his constituents and stuff for that communities. Bagos is very, I would say, proactive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is not the first time that uh, Bagos will call on um, the authorities' concern to, as a matter of urgency, address the issue of insecurity. 
we know that the artisan miners it's something that the legal legal um to make it legal is still mm-hmm. in process. The legal you know. backing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. still, you know, in process because for you to get a mining license, you have to go to Abuja. It's on the purview of the federal government, mm-hmm. you know, as it is. You need to go to Abuja, a secure mining license for you to be able to, you know, mine. But these are artisan miners. And Honorable Bagos has said that he is working on something to formalize it to prevent, you know, this kind of, you know, occurrences uh, in the past. And for him to make a statement before the uh, member, you know, representing South State Constituency, it shows how proactive of a leader, you know, he is. Uh, if just yesterday, you know, he was, he took members of, uh, uh, I mean, stakeholders in South to go and meet the governor-elect uh, where the official residence of the governor uh, elect, you know, I miss, you know, chairs and things like that. But I want for Bagos to really, really expedite action, you know, uh, to number one, I don't know what he's going to do to prevent this thing. I mean, because uh, I don't want his statements. Statements are not enough. I know that he's doing enough in terms of, you know, formalizing it because this artisan mining is something that I would say is tra- cultural to the people of just south. It's something that they grow up and is decades and decades, you know, of the practice. So you can't wake up and just tell someone that, you can stop this thing. What are the alternatives that you're mm-hmm. going to feel, you know, if he stops it, you know, for example? So these are the issues. Very true. Very true, Ponsak. And I like how you referenced, first of the issue of security in the last submissions you made. Let's look at the recent past wherein he was involved deeply you know, in rescuing an abducted traditional ruler in just East Lokogromo. Yes, you could see how substantial his effort is. So we spoke about, at first, you know, Kefiano. And one thing you could always find in common with these guys is they're really young men at their prime, you dare say. You know, and when you have people like this, it tells that the future is going to even be bigger, even though there's always going to be room for significant improvement. And um, concerning the issue of mining, Barrister Caleb Mutfang himself is, is well invested emotionally when it comes to trying to, you know, make sure that certain things are done appropriately and then the host communities and indigent people involved in some of these things get value for their effort. And one of those things involves losing your life on site, right? Whether by being attacked or, you know, by sinking yeah. deep down the ditch and all of that. So I think that was a timely visit. And these two people have... A very robust area of collaboration and it's something they can really explore and i'm looking forward to that i don't know how well he's consulted the governor elect but he was in abuja as reported in certain a few weeks back mm-hmm. that he was consulting in the area of energy and i think solid mineral resources solid mineral, good yeah. good so these are some of the issues and going forward reports like this just help to give joy to the heart mm. you know so let's just expect um, that they eventually walk the talk True, true. Let's play this insert. Uh, Leo Party, you hear all of their drama. When we'll come back, our guest is here and the show will start. We'll start with him, the conversation rather. Stay here. It is not in any way speculation. It is what is happening right now. Yesterday, the former national youth leader of the Labour Party, Mr. Anselm Erawe, was on a live television where he boasted that the victory of His Excellency Pitobi 
as the president of Nigeria is in his hands. And this morning, our legal teams informed us that these people have also gone around asking some tribunals to withdraw petitions by some of our candidates in so many states. They have done that in Edo State, in the case of Atiwe. They have done that in Odiapo, a river state. They have done that in so many other places in Lagos. And before now, we have always heard and known that these people were most planted in the party. And they were actually going somewhere. And now, the chicken has come to roast. They are gradually getting close to their target. And that is why we are singing out and shouting out loud to Nigerians to hear that these people have plans and they're already getting there. Why do you want your, if you say you love Labour Party so much, why is the legal advisor, Samuel Akimbade, going around to all the tribunal places where we have cases? What I'm telling you is from our team of lawyers, they have gone to some of the tribunals and they were shown documents to say that Labour Party has discontinued some of the cases. We are not here joking. We are telling the nation, the world, the truth. These people are desperate. They are doing everything to achieve their targets. And that is why we are crying out loud so that Nigerians will know that there is danger ahead. No, no, not at all. It has no way to threaten our position in court. But let me explain something. On the 5th of April, a, a Doe State High Court gave a judgment, a, a, an order, asking that our national chairman, Abure, should not in any way be suspended or expelled. And based on that, there is no court up to this month that has vacated that. That is a court of concurrent jurisdiction. The FCT High Court, the order, the ex-party order, cannot in any way obviate what the Edo Court has said. We are going ahead. The petition filed by our principal, the leader of the party, His Excellency Peter Obi, is for the court to determine whether INEC was right in what they did. And it is just there, and it is happening. It is already taking care of itself. And the debt has been given. We have all given our submissions. And the court is going ahead to give rulings or judgment on that. So we do not even bother by what these people are doing. The, pro, the issue is that the neck of the party met on the 18th and suspended so many of them, six of them, and... The so-called Arab was expelled. NEC is a higher authority than the NWC. And as I'm talking to you now, these men are under suspension. And the only one that we know that is the national chairman is Abure, known by the law and every party all around. They know him as the national chairman and he still oversees their face. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. We have Dr. Dagom Dang with us. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Good evening and thank you for having me. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Dr. Dagom Dang is a lawyer, he's an accountant, he's an economist, he's a father, he's a husband. <laughs> I, I wanted for it to reach seven so that it's going to be complete. He's a treasure. <laughs> no, he's, he's a twin. You know, people don't know oh, that he has no. a twin brother, so he's a twin. Uh, what can I, what will I say again? He's a teacher. Ah. A leader. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I wanted for it to be seven so that it's going to be complete. But good I, to have he, you here. He's God fearing. <laughs> <laughs> Over and above. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, good to see you uh, since uh, during the election. Uh, you were here and you openly made a statement that you are supporting the PDP. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank and you very your much. Your party thank has won much. the election. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, it was a good time. You know, when you are winning, you know that it's always good and you are always happy. Uh, so, in fact, that day was a day uh, that I think uh, of recent, I've never been so happy like that uh, because of the bad areas we've experienced uh, at the state level and also at the federal level. So it's just like um, your, God has taken off something from us and that is why we're seeing that it's a challenging time for the governor-elect um, definitely he has to embrace God first uh, because, you know, definitely now the lobbyists will be moving closer and some of the lobbies might not have value to add but possibly uh, value to add to their immediate families, not value to add to uh, plateau citizens. So he has to be careful and uh, let him embrace God because God is the only person that can really show him the way, uh, show him who uh, he can work with. Uh, and those who can add value to Plateau State, not to themselves only. Okay. Uh, great. Uh, word of admonition there. Well, let's talk about uh, Plateau, you know, the dead burden. The PDP has come out to say that if care is not taken, it may be up to $250 billion, uh, our dead burden. Already we had that, uh, and the state government hasn't come out to debunk or to deny, you know, the speculation of the employment currently going on uh, in the state. Some have pegged the figures at 7,000, while others are saying 11,000. And some like me are saying, I don't know the figure because uh, there hasn't been any official statement to say by the state government to say, this is the uh, figure of the employment. But I mean, what's your take as someone who knows the finances you know, of Plato? Do you think that is wisdom you know, to add more burden, you know, to the wage bill of the state? Absolutely, there's no wisdom. Um, there's no equitable wisdom. And there's no uh, efficient uh, wisdom. And uh, there's always, there's, there's only political wisdom in which uh, the political wisdom in this case, uh, because probably we were going into elections at that, at that time that this employment was done, so by the end of the day, it didn't really work out uh, for the government of the day, uh, thinking that uh, by uh, making that employment, probably they're going to woo people to their own side. Uh, probably maybe you must have met uh, some of those guys being employed. Uh, you now see even them too, uh, they're not sure of the employment because uh, uh, most of the employments were carried out without following due process. Due process in the sense that definitely people must apply for a job. You have to really shift their CVs and see who are uh, qualified for the job. Uh, you call them, uh, probably based on their level for an aptitude test, so to say. Uh, then, then you screen those ones that you feel that uh, they've met the requirement of the aptitude test. Then the next is for you to call them for interview. 
I interview them. Uh, let me talk about the one that is very close to me. That uh, you know, I was uh, the employee sometimes back. That is Plateau State Polytechnic. Uh, yes, those processes I mentioned were carried out, but at the point of doing the employment, they chew uh, that particular uh, you know process that they followed. Yes, they advertised. Yes, they carried out up to two tests, uh, CBT, and they screened those ones that really passed. And they interviewed them. But when they came to do the employment, that was thrown out. Why so, is that? Um, they, they, they patronize the politicians. So when you get to them, you see list of uh, list from politicians. So those ones, when you now see almost like um, 80% of those ones employed today, or even 90% were not interviewed at that time. They never even came for the exams. So you, you can see the, the, the pattern of employment. So what quality of people are you employing? That is one. Uh, and you're not employing to just uh, give people jobs and pay them salary. You are employing for them to add value. And so by adding value, so definitely it's either we have an economic value or we have a social value. Uh, but like for the education sector or health sector, you know, you have social value. So, but if at the end of the day you don't even have social value, those people employed cannot really add value to the educational system or health uh, uh, system, then you know that the aim is defeated. Uh, and then now the next thing that I'll tell you is that you look at, uh, um, because when we're talking about employing an organization, it's an operational thing. And uh, for the operational thing, you're investing in operations. And you are expected to have, because operation is within one year, you're expected to have value for the investment in operations within one year. So, and and, and the, what you're having as the returns from that operational investment is for you to have a revenue that you'll be able to now meet up with what you're investing. Uh, you see, in this case, uh, our... Personal cost per annum in this state has been ranging from like 22 billion to 26 or more billion. Well, you need to uh, explain what you mean by personal cost. Uh, what we are spending to pay salaries okay. in this state. Per How annum, much is it? Per one annum? year. Per, per one year. It's about 22 to 26 or 27 billion. Uh, that is uh, with the number of. Uh, Stuff we had, which is about we had before the employment, in which we had about uh, uh, eighteen thousand plus civil servants, including political appointees and so on and so forth. Uh, so now with the employment, so if at all, because I don't have the correct figure, but if at all you're saying six thousand people, so you're adding six thousand to uh, eighteen thousand, so you're going to be you're going to have about. Uh, 27, you're going to have about two, uh, like 25,000. 25, so now let's do the math. Uh, if you divide, uh, let's say, let's say, let, average, let's say, let's say 25 billion per annum. So if, if you divide it by 18, then you have the per head, then you multiply by, by the 25. news, new, news, new, by 25, so that you can now have for the 25. So you, you see, I'm just a hypothetical thing, so that you can, yeah. you can have an idea, idea yeah. of the increase in the personnel cost uh, of the state. So you know that even the 22 to 26 billion personnel cost is not being met because the money is not there. What is coming from the federation account is not there, and that is why they keep on borrowing uh, to finance some projects and even to pay the salaries because they are borrowing to 
Uh, overdraft? I mean, yeah, yeah, overdraft. They've yeah. been collecting overdraft in order to make sure that they, 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 they pay the salaries. And you find that because of the various loans collected, uh, like the Lalon Legacy pro- uh, Project, uh, that the repayment has commenced since, uh, the uh, uh, um, flyover there, payment has commenced since, and other loans that have been collected here and there. So, and you find that they are based on ISPOs. Yeah, irrevocable standing order. Payment order. order. So they've been deducted right from Abuja before allocation is being given. So uh, you know that you must pay. Uh, So you find that what comes to us is what we now see that we can use for uh, overheads. And overheads, some of the overheads are very important. Uh, For instance, if the governor is traveling, definitely you cannot deny him from traveling. Uh, so, so some of some of those uh, overheads are very important that they have to be met. So, uh, so you find that even the salaries are not being met. So the salary obligations are not being met. And you are so adding. You are adding more people that you cannot pay the existing. So you can see the kind of wisdom <laughs> they are applying. But I think they are trying to pass the burden to the next government. Uh, I believe. I believe. I seriously believe that. Uh, let me not preempt what will happen, but I feel that bad is bad, good is good. Okay. If anything has been uh, has, has been done in a bad faith, definitely you must review, and that's why a lot of us are saying review this election, review that uh, court should review this, review that. Mm-hmm. So the employment should be reviewed. Uh, those ones that uh, due process have been followed, and if at all based on need, then fine. I'm someone that uh, you know says that definitely, uh, if you want to build an economy, it's not the government to provide jobs. Yeah. It's for government to pr- uh, provide the enabling right. environment for businesses to thrive so that those businesses will employ. That is how economies grow. But not, economies don't grow by government giving jobs you know, directly because uh, government operates in a system where there is market failure. Uh, market failure in the sense that... Uh, to the bail products, out. Market failure sure. is a system where the forces of demand and supply don't play, play a role. Where efficiency in terms of demand and supply, that invisible hand that Adam Smith has propounded, mm. you know, somewhere is that yes, the, the economy can get into equilibrium based on you are supplying this, I am buying it. So we strike. The, so it's based on the utility I'm going to derive from what you're offering to sell to me then we, we meet uh, at a point which is called equilibrium. So that is the max. So uh, uh, public, pu- uh, uh, public products don't work that way, and that's why we call them public goods. Uh, they have these characteristics. We call them uh, non-rival. Uh, you know, we're applying this rule. They're non-rival. Anybody can apply on this rule. So they're non-rival. They're non-excludable. Uh, so you cannot exclude anybody from using public uh, goods. So that is those usage or those uh, characteristics that make public goods to be, uh, you know, uh, to, to fail the market uh, test. Mm. So, uh, so we should leave government to carry out those functions of public goods that lack the uh, market characteristics. Uh, and then government should... And then roads, bridges, hospitals, education will provide the enabling environment for... Businesses, private businesses. So economies only grow based on the business, the private businesses. Today, we're talking about Lagos. Uh, you know, the private sector controls Lagos, not public sector. And then some of us, will, 
proudly coupled to state is a civil uh, civil service uh, state. Uh, state. Uh, or civil servant states, or whatever, uh, you know, the nomenclature uh, being given to it. Uh, but you see, the challenge for uh, uh, Barisha Caleb Mutfang's uh, government is for them to look at how they can provide that enabling environment so that we can have new business. There must be a deliberate, uh, you know, uh, attempt to make sure that they stimulate the economy so that we can have new businesses and deliberate things for them to even account uh, for, for, for those things. Uh, you can see, and I can see, uh, you know, even Mutfang, a different fora, during the debate, he will now tell you, yes, he intends to see how businesses can be uh, developed on the plateau. So his policies are channeled towards the private sector. Now, Doc, we have spoken so much in English, mm -hmm. and I want us to go back to the basics. Yeah. How do you explain to someone that this state gets monthly subvention from Abuja. And of course, no matter how meager it is, mm. the state generates IGR. And of course, you have interventions, donor interventions coming left, right, and center mm. to the coffers of state government. How do you just explain in practical times, terms that, you know, these um, borrowings and supposedly inability to comfortably Pay workers' wages and salaries are still existent in a state such as this. Just, I, it's something I can't imagine, and I think it's something that a lot of lay people out there need to understand. Like I said earlier, we've spoken so much English. How does governance work in this sense? You see, where you don't have an inflow, I don't, I don't know whether that one is English. <laughs> <laughs> Where you don't have an inflow, where you okay. Let me just give you a good example with uh, most houses. You have a family. Definitely, you have inflow that will come in for you to spend on the family, right? So where you don't have an inflow, and the demands of the family, what you are spending on, are more than what is coming as an inflow. So there are two things you have to do: is that you find the balance to complete it so that you be able to now spend for the family or you reduce your, your, your expenditure so that it can meet up with the inflow. Uh, so, but you find that if the spending, what you're spending, uh, those things you're spending on are so important uh, that you feel that you cannot really cut down your expenditure you know, uh, of the house, uh, you have to carry out all the expenditure. You see yourself trying to borrow in order to complete that. So, but in the borrowing, you know that your borrowing is a liability where you must pay back. So if it is a liability that you have to pay back, then the next thing you have to now think about, uh, how can I generate money to pay back? Uh, and that is why when people are saying that uh, uh, revenue, like our minister will continue telling you that uh, revenue does not matter, is not a good uh, uh, parameter of basing why you're borrowing, but she's looking at uh, debt to GDP ratio uh, that is still within parameter of uh, that uh, is thirty percent or thirty five percent. But in any case, they've even surpassed that by now of the GDP. But that to uh, revenue ratio uh, 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 is, is so high uh, that even the debt service is so high. You know, Ponsak was showing me uh, in a World, Bank, does, yeah. a World Bank statistics yeah. that now we use ninety six percent of our revenue to service debt. 
you know, servicing that, not, you're, not, not pay, you're not paying the interest. You're not paying the principal amount. You're, you're only paying the interest. So that service, paying only the interest, uh, we eat up about 90-something percent of our, of our revenue. So, uh, so it's a very, very bad indicator. Uh, and uh, it's part of what we call our debt sustainability uh, index. So it's so, ba- so bad. Uh, but if I'm that some development, uh, you know, uh, finance organizations uh, don't see that as a problem because it's a country. So definitely you have uh, your country assets. So sometimes they still lend you. They still lend you so, and so on and so forth. Uh, but the, the truth is that what comes into Plateau State, uh, you know, IGR, you know, averagely, I'll tell you what we're generating is about 12 to 13 billion. Good enough? At all. At all. <laughs> at all. So, so on the average of uh, one billion per month, uh, you know, don't get confused with the 19 billion of uh, is it 2020, uh, 21 billion of uh, 2021. I think 19 billion is 20. Sharp rise. Yeah. 2019 or so. Is it 2019 or 20? In one of the years, you see up to 21 billion. So uh, don't look at that because uh, there are outliers in those figures. Uh, yes, we generated up to that amount, but about seven billion. In 2020, which is during COVID, yeah, during COVID, that's when we we generate 21 billion. So imagine that during COVID, that affected revenues of all, we generate 21 billion. So you know that something is wrong. So there was about seven billion that came in as recoveries from federal MDAs of the audit that was conducted. Uh, I think 2008 to like 2012. I cannot remember the years. So audit, audit, audit was carried carried on uh, federal MDAs and uh, liabilities were, you know. So the change in the 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 Pastor Income Tax uh, Act in 2011 has made it, uh, you know, has given provision that the accountant general uh, has the power to deduct from these federal MDAs and pay any liability. Uh, of, of taxes to states. So reconciliations were carried out and, and, and Nigerian governors firm were involved and that's why we had those recoveries. So those recoveries we are one of and, uh, you know, I call them outliers to the true picture of our revenue generation. True picture of revenue generation. Uh, you can see even, uh, was it last year? Uh, it's 15 billion. So you can see and then we only have recoveries of about 2.9 or 3.1, something like that, inside that. So on average, when you remove the outlier, you have about 13, 12 to 13 billion uh, annually that we generate as IGR. So, and for the past years, since 2000 and uh, from 2017 or 18, it has been like that. So I'll tell you no improvement. What would you like to see Bicycle Mutuan do in protecting the vulnerable, as it were? Just quick start, quick fix win back trust, win the trust of investors, you know, and hit the ground running. What are those quick fixes you'd want to see? You see, like, uh, he's, he's coming to face different challenges. Uh, and when you see our scorecard as a state, you know that we're truly uh, uh, behind. Uh, you know, looking at even the uh, debt ratios, the debt sustainability ratios, you know that is inheriting serious debt. Uh, you know, what we're mentioning about 200 billion, you know, 150 billion plus about 33 something million dollars when you convert is about 50 billion, uh, a billion. So you arrive at the, around 200 billion that some will now tell that is our debt profile. Uh, you know, Ponsag was struggling to mention the figure. Uh, so, but you know, those figures are, 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 are excluding uh, like uh, 
des salariés à Arias, yeah. pension Arias. Yeah. So there are some other liabilities. Even the, uh, those amounts that are supposed to be paid for contracts done. So there are also liabilities because government because they've been certified. Yeah. Those jobs have been certified by government engineers. So uh, those uh, con uh, contractual liabilities are also liabilities to, to the government. So when you add the contractual liabilities, uh, salary arrears, pension arrears, you have almost they get into about another fifty billion. So when you add to like the two hundred, you are around that two uh, two fifty billion. So it depends on the document of government you are using, and then documents are there online uh, because uh, World Bank has a. Uh, has a program that is forcing states to, uh, I mean, upload, uh, you know, their financials and also their budgets. Uh, and then do you know how, how World Bank is doing it? No. You know, World Bank, you know, they just finished a program called um, CIFTAS, which is states, uh, states Fiscal Transparency, Accountability, and Sustainability Program for Results. The housing so, documentation? No, it's not housing documentation. That one... Federal government collected loan from World Bank, and they said that states make sure you pass your budget before thirty first December of that year, budget for the for the following year. Mm -hmm. So you can see that that is the reason you find that budgets have been passed before the following year, before the year. So it's because of that. Because if you comply by that, then grant will be given to the state. Do you understand? So states have been doing that. So they will upload. That's why you find that our budgets for the past years have been passed before. Yeah, budget cycle. <laughs> so very, very good. Ve very good. So the reason is because there is a grant that's supposed yeah. to give in through that World Bank Siftas uh, uh, program. So and then you have to upload your audited financial statements before so so time. Then they will now go back to look at your uh, revenue growth looking at some other things and looking at even your revenue code, that is your law, your revenue law, whether you've uploaded that, for the citizens to see. The idea is for citizens to know what is happening in government. Transparency. Transparency. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. why the program is called this Physical Transparency, Accountability, and Sustainability Program for Results. All right. So that was done, and then you find that is why government is uploading uh, you know, their financials. So if you look at the audited financial statements, uh, of government, you now get the part of the uh, salary areas, the contractual liability, and so on and so forth. But if you're looking at what is being sent to Abuja as a debt profile, uh, then those ones are excluded because uh, that is salary areas and so on and so forth. So that's why you can see, uh, you know, the figures might have uh, a little bit ahead. So, so, but uh, you know, it depends on the document you're using to make to yeah. make reference to. Uh, so. That is where we are, that what we're actually generating cannot meet up to about 70-something billion of overheads. Do you know something? We are running a government that we are spending almost 80 percent, almost 80-something percent on recurring expenditure. Well, so recurring expenditure is to keep the government moving alone. So like you are in the private sector, what do you benefit from government? Wow. You benefit from the infrastructure. So you only benefit from less than 20% of the budget because that is the only part that will be taken to build infrastructure. Critical ones. <laughs> well, let's uh, open the conversation. Dr. Dagomdang is here with us. You can join the conversation, 081-2187-7777 or you call 90 Before calling, please turn down the volume of your radio or turn it off completely. Or head over to social media on Facebook at JFM Live and on Twitter where JFM Joss. Drop your comments. I would be glad to take them. 
Absolutely. 081-218-7777. Or you call 90 Good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Hello. Yeah, thank you for calling. Go ahead, sir. Very much. My name is Eddie Kumar. I'm calling from Junction. We're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Yes, your guests have spoken with the very well and you have been asking us more about the issue of in this case, administration is not a surprise one that Jeffrey is threatened. But the painful part of that we don't have any infrastructure in this federal administration that we see that the government has collected. So with this kind of debt, I wonder if in the next coming uh, government, we don't know how they will start from. Because this debt won't and there is not anything that replicates the benefit of this debt to the people. So we are calling on the incoming uh, governor to do a thorough investigation on this kind of debt that have been taken so that we, the people will get their uh, 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 assets that they generate their intergenerational revenue. If not, the center of the government of the something that the government has to for so that the intergenerational revenue can be put there and it cannot be done this kind of debt. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling. Hello. Hello, good evening. It's a contact, Gilbert Joseph and your face. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation, please. Thank you so much for having me. This is Comrade Marambulus Mandiu calling from the Gafoe in Bogos. We're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. I think very quickly, you will be not asking the well, but I want to advise the incoming government. Because no, what plateaus people are known with is agriculture, mining, and what a few. We will eighty percent. Let me tell you something. We are the the, the, the going what government to get it from is that they thought that maybe when the issue is a partner that will win elections, not knowing that the percent ninety unemployed. We are turning our private businesses. So it's important to provide an environment for the thousand and hundreds now of platonians. Duty that not given appointment now will give you what you want. After very what no. So the incoming government the incoming government should put it at the back of her mind that platonians we need environment enabling environment for business to try. Most importantly they what the farmers. Seriously, the farmers are not finding it very easy to fertilizer. How much is the fertilizer? 27,000 era. And the government is not doing anything. Since 2015, the administration has not done nothing to do to, 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 Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Comrade Maram. Well, Gilbert, maybe you uh, read out some comments. Yeah, on Facebook, Dimas Balassias, truly speaking, Plateau State is not taking advantage of the um, opportunities it has in terms of tourism and agriculture. If only Plateau State can focus on that, would be able to feed the nation. Isaac, as he says, good evening, Sunset. I urge BCM to focus on tackling 
insecurity, first of, first of all. These bad men are killing our villagers. Let's do away with tribalism, nepotism, and sentiment. I love you guys. Comrade Dawus Longa says, his number one priority should be the unity of the people and provide security and put an end to the killings of innocent lives. Nyam David says, good evening. Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the studio. The things I, um, I want the governor-elect to do is to look at insec- the issues of insecurity, infrastructure, employment, agriculture, and ed- education. Dalio Badung says, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. I always said the security of life and properties of plateau people is the most paramount thing to a plateau man. We are pleading on the governor-elect to synchronize the Operation Rainbow um, to be trustworthy. Salisu Rabiu Abu says, let the governor extend the period for Kekena Pep operations in Jaws to at least 10 p.m. This will help in boosting the economic activities of the city. Suleiman Jibril says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. My prayers is that may the Almighty Allah continue to guide and protect our leaders and bless our country. Voam Dem Donkat says, I think the number one issue is the security of life and property. Francis Ibrahim Al-Kali says, Good evening, Mr. P and G. I think um, for me, the incoming administration should has to bring back the lost glory of Plato. You say Alexander Edwin Namani says, P and G. Governor-elect Barista Caleb seriously needs to rejig the economy of the state using a comparative advantage, especially in the agricultural sector, to boost the IGR. Zara Timnal Labar says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Honestly speaking, it is only God that leads our governor-elect um, to meet the demands of Plato people. Sunday Moses AVAV says, On rejigging the economy of Plato, we need people who are capable of doing the needful. Felkuka Factors Go On says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. The saying that they are all the same is what we don't want to hear people say when the next administration gets to office. Jeff Mawada says, Good evening, Ponsak and the Great Gilbert. I would like BCM to really focus on security. Our people need to live to enjoy every promise Mutfang has made to Plateau people. Hapsin Manasseh says, I want the incoming governor to build the burnt just terminals market to boost the economy of the state back and also make sure he addresses the issue of insecurity that has ravaged people from their ancestral homes. Stephen Swarman says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. I think BCM, BCM's appointments should be based on qualifications without party interference. He should bring experts to revamp the small and medium enterprises. Ponsak, Twitter? Yeah, well, lots of comments uh, on our Twitter uh, handle. Uh, <clears throat> let me read them out. Okay, uh, well, they are quite in their number. Let me... Uh, go down. Uh, this is coming from Wal Senhai saying, as home of peace and tourism, the train station should be drastically looked upon. Farm produce can be transported with ease from Plateau, Kavanchang, Abuja to the world, and for tourism as well. God bless Plateau State, uh, you say. Dimas is saying, truly speaking, Plateau State is now taking the advantage and opportunity in time of tourism and agriculture. If only Plateau State government can concentrate on agriculture, then we can feed the nation and our economy will be viable and the standard of living of Plato citizens will improve. Ali Yasser is saying, I think the governor should start by clearing the dirt and debris within Jones and its environment and also restructuring the transportation system of the state to a more organized modern system. This will bring sanity first to the state. 
Tarok Blood, Demon King of social media, is saying BCM should focus more on security, creating more companies and employment, bring back nightlife in Jos. Namani Edwin Alexander is saying the economy of the state needs serious surgeries. First, the mandate of the Ministry of Commerce should be revisited and must have a commissioner that is business oriented who must be given who must be given a target. The tax board must also be rigged as well. Ati Alibidi is saying, for me, BCM should take security seriously. Education from primary level should also form a core of his government because a lot of things have gone wrong and need to be rescued. Well, Dr. Dang, give us your uh, final words and respond in one minute to the comments that you heard. So. Yeah, I think uh, one of the good comments I had there, uh, you know, they're all good, but one, one of the good comments that has to do with uh, the economy and uh, revenue generation is the issue of... Uh, nightlife. Uh, you see, the truth is that uh, an economy doesn't know good or bad. Mm. Uh, what the economy needs is uh, money to continue uh, you know, moving mm. around, exchanging hands, and the economy will definitely grow. Um, you know, we have things that we call syntax. Uh, we find that tobacco is not really banned from any country, mm. but we find that tax on the tobacco might be high. So, like, uh, somebody mentioned that issue of Kekina Pep. If you can allow Kekina Pep to operate to social time in the night, but you make sure that Kekina uh, Pep must pay a certain amount before he can operate at that time, and he will now shift to those ones who are moving in the night, and because they are seeing that it's important for them to go and enjoy, mm. they will pay. Mm. So you'll be able to now generate revenue from that, uh, whatever you call it, syntax, whatever. Syntax, whatever you know. yeah. So, But uh, you'll be able to generate. But you see, the other side of it is the issue of security. So you see how you can create a database of those ones operating the night, and maybe their paint might be different, and they have a very bold number uh, that is attached to their names in the database. So there are a lot of things that can be done in order to you know, achieve that. Uh, but monies should exchange hands no matter the time, and so that we can also tax the money, and people will have jobs to do. Yeah. So it's very, very important. Uh, Caleb Mutfang has about seven uh, uh, you know, policy trusts uh, that, uh, you know, my advice is that let's look at the revenue content in those seven issues, in which the first issue is peace and security, the economy, which has to do with uh, agriculture, tourism, mineral development, commerce, uh, sports development. Like even the issue of sports development, someone mentioned something to me that you can see when they are signing a player out, you find that a huge amount is being paid, but no tax is being charged on that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an avenue for them to get revenue. But you see, the most important I see out of the seven is good governance, which leadership is part of it. And Caleb Mutfang campaign on the basis of providing leadership. Leadership is all about assembling the right uh, persons to carry out the tax to achieve the goal of developing the state. So I believe that we'll pray for him and uh, for, for God to continue to give, them, give him the wisdom and let him still embrace God uh, you know, from the first statement I made, I made here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Dang, for coming. Well, Gilbert. Yeah. Aisha Binani. <laughs> She's bent on seeking redress, but I think she has suffered some setback today after heading to the courts today, yeah, yeah. Good evening to our listener and enjoy the weather. Good really evening. warm. Yeah, good evening. My name is Ponsak Fanabdo. Have a good evening. Bye now.